Well, welcome into the latest edition of our little digital show that recaps, oh, just anything and everything in college basketball. It is college basketball coast to coast. It is the month of March, and we can now say that we are inside of seven days until Selection Sunday. Here we go. Here we go with Championship Week already actually underway the weekend before Championship Week. We've got automatic bids going out left, right, and down the middle, whether you're talking about Moorhead State or Liberty or Loyola Chicago or on and on. Teams are already fighting out there in. In the Power Six conferences, they were all jockeying for positions in the conference tournaments that are going to begin. We're here to sort it all out on the program. I am merely the somewhat competent, somewhat capable host of College Basketball Coast to Coast. And I've got a special guest joining me in a few moments. Love the insight of Matt Zimmick. He writes specifically right now about the Pac-12 and more directly the USC Trojans for the Trojans Wire USA Today website and blog. But Matt has tremendous background on the history of the game, uh, all the current events of the game. So he's going to kind of be the West Coast Bureau Chief here when I bring him on. But he's specifically going to talk about the Pac-12. But then we we broaden it out to the Mountain West. We're going to broaden it out uh, to the West Coast Conference, which will decide their tournament in Las Vegas on Tuesday night. And then I'll play some fun in or out with him with some other teams that are around here. So Matt Zimmick coming up straight ahead. By the way, as I often say, whether you found this show through a social media link, whether you found us uh, streaming on TuneIn, and again, the show streams 24-7 on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. Go find that channel, Tag Sports Group, on the TuneIn free app. Search under sports, T-A-G, Tag. It's there. It's at the top and the bottom of every hour. I know Matt Zimmick will appreciate the fact that he's a contemporary of mine, and I, I liken this again to like the olden days when you were in the movie theater and you got there late, and it's not the present day where you have like the ability to back it up on Netflix or rewind. In the in the day back in the '80s when we were growing up in the '90s, if you got there late, you just stayed and watched uh, the end of the movie and then stayed and watched until the movie began again. That's like on the TuneIn channel. If you join it in progress, it's streaming. It'll start over again about the top of the hour or the bottom of the hour. Uh, there on TuneIn. Also, College Basketball Coast to Coast in podcast form. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, and you will get College Basketball Coast to Coast when it comes new and fresh automatically to you. So, again, subscribe on Apple Podcast. More and more are doing that. Uh, it'll come to you. And, again, we're going to be much more constant this week for Championship Week and then, my Lord, for the NCAA tournament that's going to be unlike any other. With all of it in greater Indianapolis or in the state of Indiana, we can't wait to come your way daily with new stuff on college basketball coast to coast. And if you're subscribed via Apple podcast, you'll get a ding. You'll get a notification whenever the new one is out. Um, recaps, previews, all of it. It's going to be the craziest, wildest NCAA tournament because it's all basically in the same general area. And then eventually in the same city for the sweet 16, the elite eight and the final four going to be nuts uh, for all of that. So I I've done very well right now because I'm, I'm, I'm approximately three and a half minutes into the program and I have not made reference to the fact that I am bitter. I am ticked at how things ended up for my Memphis Tigers on the whole, but specifically with not just losing, but how they lost on a midcourt shot Sunday afternoon completely put me in a bad mood with the game-winning shot that happened uh, in the closing seconds 
uh, by Traymon Mark, a little-known guard, guard forward for the Houston Cougars who caught a pass near midcourt, dribbled once in a tie game, and hoisted a March Madness-esque three-pointer for the win that banked in. I have only been able to begin to verbalize this on college basketball coast-to-coast in recent minutes. Yes, I still take these losses hard. Yes, that was a huge game for my alma mater, the Memphis Tigers. I normally gleefully chime in with the chorus, go Tigers, go. But right now it's like, so they lost. And you hear the laugh of Matt Zimmick, who I bring on now from USC Trojans Wire in the background. My Tigers take the L. It is now apparent that they're going to have to win the American Conference Tournament in the automatic bid. I need you to help cheer me up as we welcome you in on college basketball coast to coast because that was a gut punch. That might have been a gut punch and then a macho man Randy Savage elbow drop off the top rope after the, go- after the gut punch for me to have Memphis lose that game in the American Conference to the Houston Cougars. Anyway, welcome in. Good to have you. You're like a form of group therapy for me right now during this portion of the program. Uh, it's great to be back with you, TJ. Super Bowl champion, TJ Reeves. Thank you. I say. Thank you. Um, here's your therapy. Memphis and Houston are, are the two and three seeds. Houston, the two. Memphis, the three in the AAC bracket. So Memphis, you know, assuming it wins its quarterfinal, should get another crack at, at Houston uh, this upcoming weekend. So if you've lost the first game, you have to think that you're going to have the motivational edge in the second game. So you beat Houston in the semis. And you get Wichita State in the final, and you can just play your way into the dance. Fire the win. So you, you're cheering me up. I love this about you. There are many facets to, uh, to Matt Zimmick that I love and, and, and uh, cherish. Uh, you're, you're trying to help me in my time of need right now. Never mind the fact that you and I talk free throw awareness month, which it is the free throw awareness month. And you saw me tweet, young man, on Sunday in the first half of that game when my Tigers were building a condominium in the Fertitta Center at the one end of the floor in Houston with one brick free throw after another. What did they finish for the game in a game that ended on a last-second three? However, my Tigers finished what? Like 10 of 20? Like 11 of 27? Like 14 of 59? Give me – they're like 330th in foul shooting. It's awful. Now I'm back in a bad mood again about Memphis. In terms of rooting for a bad free throw shooting team, you're not alone because my USC Trojans are at 64.4% in the basement of the Pac-12 for the second straight season. And in I've done the research. In four of the last six seasons under Andy Enfield, USC has shot under 68% from the line. USC wow. does not do free throws well. So you have So what you're here. saying is if Memphis finds a way into the tournament and finds their way into a draw with USC – that if it comes down to foul shooting, we uh, we need to hide the women and children, is what you're saying. We need to alert the authorities uh, because it will be a brickfest. It, it will be a Mason's convention. Perfect segue to bring you in from Trojans Wire and the USA Today uh, website that you cover. Humongous win uh, for USC. Cannot overstate it. To win at Pauley Pavilion to complete the season sweep. Uh, what a great job, a last-second three-point shot that wins again for USC a year after they won over UCLA with what else? A last-second three-point shot. 
So the Trojans get that win, and they are on a high, obviously, headed into the Pac-12 tournament. Tell me more. Yeah, so here, here's the, the specific symmetry. It's two for three with one. Now, what does that mean? Two for three with one. I was told there would not be complicated math. I'm glad you're going to keep it simple. Go. Yeah, so two for three with one. That means a USC player wearing jersey number two hit a three with one second left consecutive years on the first Saturday of March to beat UCLA and complete a season sweep of the Bruins. Last year, March 7, 2020, number two, Jonah Matthews hits a three with one second left to beat UCLA, 54-52, USC completes the sweep. One year later, March 6, 2021, number two, Taj Eady hits a three with 1.4 seconds left to beat UCLA on the first Saturday of March. You, you, can't, you know, it's, it's the Battle of Los Angeles, and it was 1,000% pure Hollywood. Uh, how about that? And so I love this about you that you come up with that. Uh, and it's wild uh, how that plays out again. Um, all right. So let's get into this a little bit and what it means for the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, we're going to play some in or out with Matt at the uh, tail end here of our conversation on college basketball coast to coast uh, as it relates specifically to UCLA. But for USC, as I, as I mentioned, this is a huge momentum boost for them at the end of the year. I know they did not end up winning the Pac-12 regular season after leading for a lot of the year. Uh, Oregon ends up winning that with a Sunday night win over Oregon State. But for USC, this has got to give them a boost, obviously headed to Las Vegas. Yeah, the real thing with USC, TJ, is that in the past, the Trojans would not have won this game, and the Trojans would not have won a number of other games uh, that they've pulled out of the fire this year. USC's magic, and this was true against UCLA this past Saturday, USC's magical component this season has been defense in the last six minutes. Trojans aren't a tremendous defensive team overall. That might be a national misperception, but when the, when the clock hits six minutes in the second half, USC turns it up a notch. And my coverage at Trojans Wire, I've been documenting this all year. Uh, there have been 10 different games in which, which have been appreciably close and in which USC has locked down an opponent in the final six minutes. Now, not all of those games have been wins. There was a three-point loss to Connecticut. Uh, there was another loss um, at, some, at some point along the way. But USC has had the knack for just being able to step up in terms of its defensive clarity and intensity in the last six minutes. So in this UCLA game, UCLA scored just four points in the last six minutes, two points in the last five. UCLA was shooting 55% with five minutes left, ended the game at 51. So USC was just able to lock down when it counted. Uh, UCLA also missed two front ends in the final minute, and that opened the door for the Taj 83. But USC just, you know, it, it's a team that responds well to adversity. And the, and to counterbalance this, last year, USC lost games it should have won late. Uh, USC blew a late lead at Oregon. It blew a late lead at Arizona State. Ethan Anderson was a freshman at point guard. He didn't handle defensive pressure very well. This year, he has cut down on turnovers. And USC does not beat itself late. And its defense improves in the final few minutes of game. So that's why USC was able to play a full 20-game Pac-12 schedule and go 15-5, and five, definitely hitting the mark. I mean, there was, there was only one game of the 20 and only one loss of the five. That's a real disappointment, and that was the loss to Utah 
in Salt Lake City. It was a disappointment because USC's other Pac-12 losses came after winning five or six or seven games in a row. So those other losses were natural letdown situations where, you know, it's just going to happen. It's, it's usually part of life. If you're a less than fully dominant team, like a number one seed, USC is going to be a five or a six in the NCAA tournament. So you live with the occasional loss after winning several games. That's going to happen. The loss to Utah was so bad, TJ, because it came right after USC got smoked by Colorado uh, by 18 points. You would think, okay, we, we had a bad loss. We're going to bounce back. We're going to get this road win. We're going to stay in front of Oregon in the Pac-12. And yet USC just didn't have it. And for the second straight year, uh, USC got swept on that mountain road trip to Boulder and Salt Lake City. It's become the nightmare road trip uh, for USC in the Pac-12. If USC had just been able to split by getting the win in Utah, we'd be sitting here with USC having its first Pac-12 championship since 1985. It would have made this a truly historic season for the Trojans. So they're not going to get that. Uh, and so it really one game in a 20 game Pac-12 schedule is going to stick in USC's craw. And who's who's USC probably going to play in the quarterfinals of the Pac-12 tournament? Utah. So wow. USC is going to get a chance to address that very, very annoying loss. All right. The voice of Matt Zimmick joining me. That is uh, Matt Zimmick on Twitter, Z-E-M-E-K, as he hangs with me on college basketball coast to coast. Again, I'm merely the host, TJ Reeves. You can find us at CBB Coast to Coast on social media on Twitter. Um, as we break down USC's win over UCLA, more on them and their tournament chances in a few minutes with Matt. Oregon obviously clinches the Pac-12 title. And Oregon also beat UCLA, came from behind to beat them late in the week before clinching things in the rivalry game with Oregon State uh, this weekend. Uh, do you believe that Oregon is firmly in, even though the net ranking next to their name says 34, they have three quadrant one wins now um, as it's totaled up. Oregon is firmly in. USC is in as a 14 in the net. Colorado played great this year, beating USC twice, beating UCLA at the end of the year, a couple of other quality wins. So Colorado is in. Do you believe Oregon's firmly in? Right now? Absolutely. Okay. Not, not even a debate. And a seed of like what for the Ducks real quick? Where do they belong? Yeah, yeah, now, seed, now, seeding could go in a lot of different directions, but I think that uh, Oregon's probably going to be a home seed in the first round. So maybe a six, maybe a seven. Uh, that's where I'd probably put Oregon. All right. So firmly in for Dana Altman's team uh, there in, uh, in Pac-12 play. All right. So I want to broaden this out a little bit. Again, you're like the West Coast Bureau Chief. Um, uh, here for this. They're going to play the West Coast Conference Tournament at the time that we're taping over the course of semifinals Monday night, championship game on Tuesday night. We all know that Gonzaga is the presumptive number one overall seed, especially if they win the last two games. And if they don't, it would be a shock, but they probably still are a number one seed, even if they were to lose one of these tournament games. BYU is the interesting situation. I believe they've done enough to be in I think their metrics say so. So does their net ranking. But if BYU were to lose in the semifinal, which, again, we don't know for Monday. If you're listening after Monday, you may know that difference. But if they were to lose on Monday night, does that put BYU in peril because they're not going to take three West Coast Conference teams? What would your opinion be on that, Matt, on that hypothetical? In that hypothetical, I think BYU would have a little reason to sweat, but – you know, when you look at the entirety of the bubble, 
uh, so many bubble teams are failing to take advantage. Now, Michigan State is the exception. Michigan State locked yep. down a bid with the win over Michigan. Michigan Absolutely. State is in, done. We're, you know, we, don't have, we don't have to worry about that. Michigan State's only question is first four or straight to the round of 64. Um, but, you know, Xavier uh, in the Big East, uh, Seton Hall, they've torched their at-large candidacies, I think, with their losses over the past weekend. Don't say uh, it. Don't say uh, it. Memphis. What, Syracuse? Mem- Memphis, don't say it. Memphis oh, probably. I wasn't going to say it. I was yeah, going to Syracuse. True. Syracuse is in trouble, and you know Duke has to get a, a an automatic bid. Duke has to win the ACC tournament. Wow. Uh, maybe if it gets to the final, but really, it, we might as well just say that Duke, you know, needs to win the ACC tournament uh, to have any degree of safety on Selection Sunday. Uh, so bubble teams across the country are failing to close the sale. And that puts BYU in a, that gives BYU some margin for They're error. Eighteen in the net. They have three quadrant one wins, even though they didn't beat Gonzaga either time. I, you know, the argument from the Mormons, the 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 Cougar fans would be, we've done enough. If we do get upset, it will just be fascinating if that is the case. Uh, and again, we don't know that that tournament, as I keep referring to it, has become the Mark Few Invitational. Uh, we'll see. Uh, for the uh, the two semifinal matchups, if they both get there, Gonzaga and BYU, or is there another variable of another team? So you believe, again, we hone in on this, this could be a bid-stealer situation, that if it is another team out of that semifinal, uh, besides BYU or Gonzaga, that goes on to upset one of them and win the tournament, that might be three bids for the West Coast Conference. Keep an eye on it, and it will be some sweating down the stretch here for some teams that are on the bubble, right? Absolutely. Uh, I think that if uh, a, a WCC team, if there's a third team as a surprise auto bid winner, uh, the p- teams that would sweat, and this leads into what we're going to talk about, would be in the Mountain West. That That's where the Mountain West might suffer as a result of a three bid WCC. And again, St. Mary's will play Gonzaga in the first game Monday night at the time that we're taping, 6 Pacific time, 9 Eastern time. Pepperdine, BYU is the uh, late game, midnight Eastern time, 9 in the West. Let's see how that plays out. That morphs us into the Mountain West, as you mentioned. Do you believe – I believe they've got two firmly in. You might think they have three firmly in. We're going to play a little more in and out here in a moment. But this is fascinating that some years out in the West that these conferences are only getting one team, maybe two. The Mountain West is Mountain West going to have three, maybe four when it's all said and done as we get ready for their conference tournament. Also in Las Vegas, just like the Pac-12, just like the West Coast Conference Tournament. What do you think about the Mountain West right now headed into their tournament? I've done some podcasts with Mountain West experts uh, in recent weeks, TJ, and they are irate that the conference rescheduled games in the final week before the conference tournament. Those rescheduled games led to Colorado State and Boise State getting tripped up with bad losses. So uh, I think if you ask most Mountain West experts, they think Boise State has played its way out of the at-large conversation with the loss to Fresno State and that Colorado State has lost any remaining margin uh, with its loss to, ne- to Nevada. So here's the thing. So in the, in the Mountain West tournament, you know, how the brackets shape up affect the bubble calculus. So in the Mountain West tournament, on the top half, you have Boise State and San Diego State in that top half. They would pr- are seated to meet in a semifinal. Now, Nevada could take out Boise State in the quarters and firmly finish off Boise State. But let's say Boise State beats Nevada. 
Boise State would play San Diego State. That becomes the most important game of the Mountain West tournament in terms of at the larger at-large bubble conversations because if Boise State wins that game, San Diego State, the one absolute lock in the conference, doesn't get the automatic bid. So that would guarantee two teams. That would guarantee two. The Boise State-San Diego State semifinal, it's really a more important game in, in terms of the national bubble picture than the Mountain West final. It's the Boise State-San Diego State games, which is the most important. Then you so go to you the believe, bottom half. If I can interject, you believe if San Diego State runs the table, all things equal, that it could be only a one-bid league they wouldn't take, maybe Utah State or Boise State or Colorado State, even though they did some damage maybe in, in uh, Vegas? Or do I hear you saying this conference deserves two teams and will ultimately get two, te- two teams? Okay, well, it's probably going to be two, but if if San Diego State wins the Mountain West tournament, there is a possibility it could be just one. So this goes to the bottom half of the Mountain West tournament bracket where you have Utah State and Colorado State to meet, to meet in a semifinal, assuming they win their quarterfinals. So this gets touches back in, onto that BYU angle. You know, if, if BYU loses to Pepperdine, Pepperdine uh, wins the automatic bid. I think that the lo- the winner, excuse me, the winner of that Utah State Colorado State semifinal might not be guaranteed a bid. It might have to beat Boise State uh, and win the the automatic bid to feel in. But now let's say let's say there's no a bid stealing drama in the West Coast Conference or other conferences. Utah State Colorado State in a possible Mountain West tournament semifinal. It's right now that is probably a classic play in. I mean, winner in, loser out. It's right. not a. It's not a. It's not a, a an elimination game where the winner doesn't get in. It's looking like a true winner in, loser out game right now. And Boise played very tough in the two games at San Diego State, and maybe should have won the first one uh, with the way they played down the stretch of that game and got it tied. Then they ended up losing in overtime. Uh, give the, the Aztecs a lot of credit. So we'll see on the Mountain West how it uh, how it all plays out. All right, are you ready to do this officially? We've been we've been knocking around about in or out. Let's do it officially right now. Here we go. Who's in, in. or out, out for the big dance in March? So I want to begin. Uh, you just laid it out for the Mountain West about how it works. We've kind of been talking. Uh, about the West Coast Conference. Let's go back to the UCLA Bruins and Mick Cronin. I I would have believed, like earlier last week, they are in, but now the loss to Oregon at Oregon, the loss at home to USC. Do you have UCLA in right now or more work to do in Las Vegas? I have UCLA in. Now, if UCLA loses its Pac-12 quarterfinal, to Oregon State. And Oregon State's not a great team, but Oregon State was picked to finish 12th last mm-hmm. in the preseason poll. And here's Oregon State with a first round bye. Now, of course, now an asterisk needs to be placed next to that first round bye because Oregon State's the five seed. The five seed usually would not carry a first round bye, but because Arizona is ineligible for postseason play due to the self imposed one year postseason ban. Uh, you only have 11 teams, not 12, participating in the Pac-12 tournament. So the 6-11, 7-10, and 8-9 games, those are the first round, but the fifth seed gets a bye. But nevertheless, Oregon State outperformed its preseason Pac-12 media poll position by seven spots, and that's bigger than anybody else. So uh, that's not an easy game. And if you if UCLA loses Oregon State, yeah, it could get a little bit nervous, but – 
I would say if that happens, TJ, you know, that being the worst case scenario for UCLA, I think we're, we're going to have UCLA in the first four. And, you know, this year with all the TV money that the NCAA needs uh, after we didn't have an NCAA tournament last year, you know, you know, the NCAA wants to get those sexy first four matchups. So like we might see UCLA, Michigan state, you know, mm. something really sexy in the first four. So I don't think UCLA would tumble all the way out, but it could tumble to the first four. If it loses that PAC 12 and they, quarterfinal to and Oregon. They, state. I've said this for years. I think you are converted now with me. You may have been there all along. They pay attention to the name on the front of the Jersey and UCLA is a draw. If they can find a way to put them in. I mean, if Kentucky had just gotten close, they were going to put them in Duke loses to Louisville, to Georgia tech and to North Carolina and have eliminated the argument to put them in really at the moment. So, but they want to reward the front of the Jersey. So let's see what UCLA can do. Hey, just uh, real quick on the in or, or out. Um, if, if a team makes a run, into the Pac-12 finals, somebody like Oregon State or whoever it is that makes a run, are they jeopardizing one of the Pac-12 spots? Or do you believe right now USC and uh, Colorado and Oregon are all safely in? They're not being jeopardized by somebody going and winning the tournament, maybe knocking Oregon out. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 has four teams safely in. Again, if UCLA loses to Oregon State, it'll get to the, it might slip to the first four. But, but nothing more than that. Uh, if there is a bid stealer in the Pac-12, let's say Oregon State, Arizona State, Stanford, whoever, uh, I think that the, the losers of that are going to be the Colorado State, Utah State winner, uh, assuming that team loses to Boise State or San Diego State. Uh, and also the Drakes and the Belmonts. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Those are the teams that are going to suffer. While we're playing in or out with just a couple of minutes left on college basketball, coast to coast with Matt Zimmick. Again, he writes up the Trojans Wire USA Today website for the USC Trojans who are headed to the Pac-12 tournament. But again, he's got vast knowledge. He's been covering college basketball 25 plus years. So the Missouri Valley, the Valley Championship played out with Loyola Chicago beating Drake in the rubber match. They split in the two games in Des Moines in the regular season. Now Loyola Chicago wins the automatic bid in the Valley. You have Drake in or out right now, right? Subject to change, but right now, do you have Drake in or out as the loser of that championship game Sunday afternoon at the time we're taping? Okay, this is a split ticket here, TJ. Split ballot here. If, If you're talking about does Drake deserve a bid, I say in, yes. If you're saying, is the committee going to let Drake in? I say no. Really? The, the committee usually sticks the fork in the back of these kinds of teams that win a ton of games but don't have the sexy wins. That's Even though they got to the championship game and lost to the best team in the championship game, you do not believe it matters enough for Drake in the argument right now. Oh, we've seen these teams get screwed before. I mean, we've seen like St. Mary's and the WCC lose to Gonzaga and get a, an NIT bid. So we, there's probably a precedent for that. And Drake, in their case, 40 in the net ranking, one quadrant one win, and they took a bad loss to Valparaiso late in the year as well that could damage them. Let's see if they are in or not. I got about two minutes left here, so we had fun there with the in or the out. Was there a team or a player that just – it doesn't have to be Pac-12 or West. I know I've done a lot of West with you. Team off the weekend, player off the weekend that really stood out to you as we head into championship week? Well, you know, I cover basketball in the West, especially not just nationally, um, but I'm going to put my team, I'm going to link it into the West, you know, in the coaching carousel that we're about to have, 
you know, Utah should fire Larry Kraskowiak. It should on the merits. Hasn't made us a NCAA tournament since 2016. That program's going nowhere. It's underachieving. So who should be the replacement? Porter Moser of Loyola mm. Chicago is a former Rick Majerus assistant. And yep. when you yep. watch Loyola Chicago play, damn, that is a Rick Majerus team. You see how defensively disciplined they are. They're always in the right place. They're shutting down dribble drives. The double teams are perfectly timed. Man, the, the spirit of Majerus lives in Porter Moser. Utah has plenty of money to throw at Porter Moser. It makes so much sense for Utah to get Porter Moser. Loyola Chicago, I do not want to play that team in the first round. They look athletic. They shoot the three. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch, and they're probably going to be something like a five. Five seed, something like that in a 5-12 game, you would think. Maybe they'll be higher. I don't know. We'll find out. We do know this. Pac-12 tournament coming to Las Vegas. Matt Zimmick, you're going to be writing all about it. 10, 15 seconds, plug away. They can read all about it, building up this week from the USC point of view, et cetera, for the Pac-12 tournament coming in Vegas, right? Absolutely. You want you want to you want to read everything we have on USC, the Pac-12 tournament, the NCAA tournament. We have some f- great photo galleries of the Taj Edi winner over UCLA. Complete Pac-12 tournament coverage. Just Trojans Wire. That's where you want to be. Trojanswire.usatoday.com. Follow him at Matt Zimek, Z-E-M-E-K. You did great. We're here. We're to championship week and almost to selection Sunday. Matt Zimek, thank you for hanging with me on college basketball coast to coast, my friend. Always a pleasure. Love talking everything with this man, including West Coast basketball. We'll have him back, obviously, as March rolls on. We hope to have you back. Find us again, however you found us, social media link, etc., on TuneIn, streaming on the Tag Sports Group channel. Look under TuneIn for free under Tag, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group. This show streams top and bottom of every hour. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast as well, and it comes automatically to you. I am merely the host, T.J. Reeves, my man, Matt Zimmick. Enjoy championship week as it gets underway with college basketball coast to coast. Bye.